0: mm <laughs> Hey there, and welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Joy Rios, and on the show we get to talk about the 30,000 piece healthcare puzzle where each one of our guests gets to speak to their expertise and the piece of the health IT puzzle that they hold. So today we have a special guest, Nora Lissy. Nora, I'd like you to take a minute to introduce yourself and kind of share where you live in the healthcare ecosystem. What is it that, you know, the piece of the puzzle that you hold on to? Okay. Thank
1: you. Well, my name is. Nora Lissy. I am a nurse by background. I got my nursing degree from Catholic University in Washington, D.C. and always thought I would be in nursing in the bedside, taking care of bedside patients. I love my nursing career. But as things evolved, I evolved into leadership roles and never in my wildest dreams would I have ever thought I'm in the role now that I'm in, which is the VP of healthcare consulting and implementation for a software analytics company, Dimensional Insight. And, you know, when I originally, I was a customer of theirs and used the tool at three different organizations. And ironically, when I was working with them, some of the things that we came up with, they hadn't thought of and they were like, wow, you're doing some really good stuff here. So I actually got to know the president of the company. I got to know all the consultants because we would bring them into different places. When I got tired of the uh, corporate world at the hospital side of things and I wanted to keep moving our... My passion turned in from patient, caring for the patient at the bedside to caring for the bedside givers to make sure that they have the information they need to be able to do their jobs efficiently and effectively. Because so often, even in hospitals, the finance people, they always have their tools that help them see, dig down deep into numbers. They get everything they want. And then they they expect, they, they go out and give it to the operational people and say, you have to live through this budget. You have to do this. But they don't really understand There was no liaison between the operational people and, say, the financial or the IT people. And that's where my role became very important because I'm able to speak all the languages now. Over the course of time, I've been doing this. I've been in the IT world now for at least 15... I call this my third career because I've kind of gone from nursing career to operational management career to now I'm in the analytics world. So I've kind of had three different career paths, all of which I never envisioned when I started I was I'm old so there was a lot of things that weren't there when I started so that's what kind of got me into where I'm at now and I felt initially ironically I felt like I was pigeonholing myself and I didn't know how what I could be doing like what my role would really do but the reality of it is it really has come into the it's given me the ability to work with hospitals across the country, across the world. I've actually gone, I spoke at The Hague and I spoke in Brazil at a conference. So, you know, I've had opportunities to go at other countries also and see how things are to basically really come to the same exact answer I knew before we even started this was that we all have the same problems we're trying to solve, but it's the, the route with which we go is different. And so what I like to try to do is help the organization's Because we've done it on so many organizations and so many hospitals, help them see, you know, a path to what they might be looking for. So that's a lot of what I do. That's an incredible journey. So
0: I have several questions, but one, I guess, to start with is the Dimensional Insight product itself. So your perspective of having, you know, different engagements and levels of engagement with it. What was it like working with it as a nurse, like from the beginning? And what, like, tell us a little bit about that experience and also what it actually does that you, you know, kind of became so Excited and passionate about.
1: Okay, well, actually, one of my first projects was when I was uh, I was the director of decision support at Sarasota Memorial Healthcare, and they had brought me on board to help them with their staffing. I had done staffing and productivity at um, at a, a previous hospital, and they, you know, it was a for profit hospital, which. I learned all about finances in the for-profit hospital. And I was able to trans to translate that at the community hospital, which it is not, it's it's a community hospital, but it's by no means a community hospital. It's very it's an excellent hospital. But you know, obviously they needed someone to help them kind of figure out what they're doing to stay profitable. At that time we were so we had brought in dimensional insight to help us look at our data because I was responsible for gathering all the information and providing it back to all the managers and directors, but it was it by the time I was done, it was already gone. Like you couldn't change. You You had nothing. It was always past. It was last pay period. This is what you had. This is how many overtime you had. So we had to come up with a methodology that would allow the managers to make meaningful decisions and control their budgets and what they had with information in front of them. So I met with every single manager throughout the entire organization. It wasn't just nursing. It was actually the entire organization. And I met with the CEO and the whole bit. And we put together their metrics and their measures that they felt were, you know, because finance has the way they look at things. But operational people, it doesn't work the same way the numbers do in finance. There's different, there's nuances. So I was able, being that person that has that had the credibility with the CFO, as not only a nurse, but as an administrator that he trusted, he allowed me to do what I needed to do to get these things. So we actually had an operational line added to our general ledger so that they would still end up with the same, you know, you have this many FTEs you can work with, but their metric of how they measured that was more towards what they do operationally so they can understand their book of business and how they can modify what they're doing. And this updated every, we had the census come in every hour so they can see what's happening in census. And then they would see their staffing. So if they needed to call somebody in, they can see if somebody was approaching overtime that kind of thing. So that's one of the first projects we did. And it was huge. It made a big difference for all the managers because it made it easier for them to manage their budgets and manage their staffing. But then we took it to another level where we created for our beds are, okay, in the state of Florida, which is where I live and where Sarasota Memorial is, very seasonal. So you might have a census of 300 in the summertime, but it could go up to 800 in the wintertime. So it's like, how do you even staff for that kind of stuff, right? How do you even know what units to open and close? Well, we created a very rudimentary prediction of the types of patients we were gonna get when they're gonna be medical, surgical, come through the ED, or come through a provider direct admission, so that we were able to identify by the time of day, the discharge unit, the whole thing. And we were accurate anywhere from 84 to 97% on a weekly basis so that the beds are, she was one who always said, oh, Nora, you and your numbers, you're just throwing. I said, just try this. And she said, oh my God, it makes such a big difference because she knew when she could open a unit, close a unit, know how to do the staffing so that they were much more ready. It was less reactive and more proactive. We did the same thing in the ED. The ED is 126 bed ER. Well, you're not gonna staff 126 beds at one time but you also have to know when you kind of are creeping up and need to get somebody in here before we die, right? And so we created that as well. So they were able to use that and identify when it is safe to open units and close units. So from that perspective, that's what we did at Sarasota Memorial.
0: Okay, so the majority of the data, we're talking about data on like the staff side or the administrative side of the hospital, not necessarily patient data, correct? Correct, but
1: now I'm gonna get to the other two Organizations that I worked okay. at. So that was my initial stuff, foray. My initial foray into it was from the the administrative data because I was in an administrative role. Then I went to Wake Med Health and Hospitals in North Carolina, and I was hired there as the director of clinical analytics. So now we were br- we're bringing in the clinical picture, and we actually created what we call what I call a rounding report, where it the The uh, staff nurses can print it off before a shift, and it would print out everything that happened to that patient that day, all the tests they had, you know, were they pending any procedures that are coming up? What were the results of the last tests that were marking? We had everything so far as, were they a fall risk? Were they, where were their IVs? When were they placed? If they had surgery, when was the time of close? Because there's rules, There's, there's, you know, you have to take the Foley out so many hours after surgery. So we had all that in place so that they can use that even when giving report because oftentimes when we hand off report sometimes we might forget something because we're thinking about the last thing we did so now they had something that could guide them for report and make sure you're giving a solid report back and forth to the next uh, covering nurse additionally we worked with the clinical pharmacist to develop some reports, some dashboards for them on um, high-risk medications that they're giving. So that we we sat with them, the consultant and I sat with them, and we got they gave us like four or five medications that they said are very high risk, and we can actually if we know ahead of time we can slow the we can prevent it from causing harm by looking at these lab tests and if there's a percentage of increase. So we built that in. So we had all the patients that were on census, the medications they were taking, and the high risk ones that they had, we flagged and said, okay last lab is XYZ and it's gone up by 0.02 from last, you know, last one. And they gave us the parameters. So they would have the red, yellow, or green so that they can act upon it before it became a problem. So it was really useful for them to help them see, you know, when you've got 700 beds to worry about, you do the best you can, but now you've got a work queue to kind of go off of and go, let's go check on this patient before we go anywhere else. So we did that. Similarly, we did for the case managers, they had, again, they, you know, those are limited resources. So how do you get to all the patients to make sure, number one, you've covered all the Medicare patients, you've covered all your patients and that they go out. So we enhanced the hourly census with various data elements that would improve the case manager's ability to finish what they do, such as number of PO. You'd be surprised how many regularly scheduled meds by mouth that a patient is on. I mean we had patients that run 39 40 meds in the hospital. How do you yeah. like know what's going at the inter interoper- the inter- interchange of those has got to be some issues there right? So we did that cuz also that indicates if anybody's on greater than eight PO meds or regularly, they're already at a higher risk of readmission just by mere fact that they're on a lot of medications. But then we added other factors in such as, you know, their chronic disease processes. When was the last time case management went to see them? What was the note? So we can we included all that in their reports. So they, again, had a work queue to go off of. It wasn't anything magical. It was just that it, it kind of coordinated their data together so that they can have, they can work their work their job without having to worry about it.
0: I mean, it's such a huge, I mean, there's a ton of data out there and you're collecting data at so much even within an hour, but then the question is, what do you do with it? And how do you take reasonable action? So it sounds like, you are one able to find ways to work with an organization that has helped to make sense of all of that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just helping a pay one patient at a time at the bedside, you're actually helping populations of patients right. all around the country, world yep. even. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: I millions of examples I could give. So yeah.
0: <laughs> wait. So okay. So did we went through nursing and then through it went from nursing and then financial and you no, know, then operational, then financial, then financial, then to where you are. Is that accurate? I went nursing, operational uh, management to IT, to data ana- analytics. Yeah. Okay. So now how? tell me on the data side of things and the IT, like how has your brain, does your brain work totally differently? Because I imagine what you're doing as a nurse versus operational yes. versus IT, it's it takes a different- i I'm not normal. I'm not
1: normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of these things. And and how I even got here in the first place, Joy, is that you know, I didn't I was working ER. ER was most of my career. I did, you know, I, I dabbled in just about every part of nursing, but I loved ER. And I spent about 17 years as an ER clinician, whether in pediatrics trauma. Or a regular adult ER, and I'd work nights because I had two little kids, and I it was easier for me to work nights. My husband worked during the day, and back in 1995, my son was old enough; he was going, he was started school. So I'm like, okay, I can get on days now. And I had applied for a position at Doctors Hospital Sarasota. I was hired as a director of women's health services. Truly thought, okay, this is my path. I'm going here, and I didn't even make it home before the the CNO slash COO called me up and said, you know, I think you'd be bored with that. I I have something else for you. Why don't you come on in and and let's talk? So I said, okay, I went back into her and she started describing, you know, things about productivity and stuff that I had done. What intrigued her, which I hadn't even realized it was when I was a charge nurse in the emergency room, which is where we, and we started to have to flex people down when the volume wasn't there. And that was never an easy thing to do. And, And when I wasn't on as a charge nurse, the subs never felt comfortable telling somebody you have to go home. So, I'm always. I was always chasing my tail, trying to meet the numbers because the others weren't. They weren't comfortable with it. I get that. They weren't in a position of leadership. They just stepped in for the night. So I said, "How can I do something to make it easy so that nobody has to feel guilty?" And they all and everybody knows where they're where they stand and when they can expect. So what I did was when I created their regular schedule, I also created a call off schedule. So they knew that on Tuesday, the 26th, between nine and 12, if they don't get called off, they won't get called off the rest of their the rest of their pay period, because we I had stabled it out that way. And so now we, people knew when they could, could, were going to get called off, so they didn't have to worry about using PTO. And I just kind of said that as a discussion with the CNO. Well, she thought, oh, my God, this girl can do my numbers, because she was the CNO and the COO, and she didn't know numbers at all. And so she hired me on board to do that. And I'm telling you, I got my first spreadsheet from corporate, because it was an HCA facility, And it was an Excel spreadsheet, I swear, that was probably about 900 columns long and and 5,000 rows. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even know what I'm doing here. And I literally did it like it. I dissected it. I just said, okay, where is this coming from, this coming from? My first day on the job, I get stopped in the hall by the controller, which I didn't even know what a controller was. Okay. So I get stopped in the hall by the controller. And he says, hey, Nora, I'd like to talk to you about the accruals for agency. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea what he means, but okay, sure, I'll, I'll beat up with you, Tom, don't worry about it. And I go back to my house and So I went home and I was crying and I told my husband, I said, I'm a nurse, why am I in this position? I don't know what the heck I'm doing. He said, come on, you can do this. I'll show you what accruals are, no problem. Long story short. I worked my way through it. I battled through it. I taught myself everything to the point where people were actually believing me and everything I was doing. I'm like, I better go and get my degree on this because they actually trust me. And I've taught myself this and I think I'm right, but I need to prove it out. So I wound up getting my MBA in 2005 to basically qualify what I was doing. So that was the numbers piece of it that I got into that I never in my wildest dream, but I always loved math and science. And so the natural progression was I could do the, you know, I, I always thought, what would I be if I wasn't a nurse? I'd probably be a private investigator. I love investigating. I love digging. And that's what data is, right? I mean, yeah. one of the things that our president always says to me, he goes, well, Nora, you're different. You got that gene. I said, what do you mean, Freddie? goes, you got that data gene. He goes, not everybody has, he goes, not even all my consultants have that data gene. And he's right. Some people just they can slap the numbers up there, but they really don't see I immediately can look at a, a report and know there's something wrong with it. Whether I know yeah. what's in it or not, I can point it out. So it's just something that I, I love and it, that's how I got to there. But you
0: know, something that is standing out to me, it's not just intellect because you definitely are able to pull a story out of the data. It's like emotional intelligence too, to be able to speak to, okay, what is it that is the concern of the staff, right? Like you mm-hmm. coming from your perspective to know like, hey, I don't want anybody's feelings to get hurt. This is just a business decision that needs to get made. How do we make everybody happy and make sure that we're meeting the needs? Of all the stakeholders, like it's the data, but it's also the human element of making sure right. that those folks are taken care of, or that you're identifying what is the through line, or what is a st- what is changeable, right? You have right. 900 rows of data. Okay, what's the or 900 columns? What's the column that's standing out that we can start to make changes on? Would right. you
1: agree? I would agree. I think that you know that I think a lot of that comes from having grown up in a family of 12 and you learn, to, you learn to navigate, I think that's part of it. I mean, I think like I learned to navigate what's in front of me. One of my strengths and weaknesses is that I'm very empathic. I care, I understand, I feel sometimes too much. So, so I have to always find that balance. But yes, I mean, when I approach it, I'm not approaching it from a, oh, this is the number two plus two equals four, and that's it, it's more of, all right, how does this affect everything we're doing? And one of the first things I learned by accident, because I made the mistake, was don't assume you know what people need. You have to talk to people. And i give you an example of that. When I started at that in that position at, at the doctor's hospital, and I was working with the director, and we were commissioned with coming up with a staffing matrix. So she and I sat in a room till midnight one night and said, okay, we could do this because the numbers worked out. But then as soon as we showed it to the managers, they, this doesn't work. That's not even how our unit is. is. We can't do that on this unit. And I'm like, what do you mean show me and i said oh my god those you know, it was my first lesson and whenever you do anything always make sure you understand the full picture before you come out and present because you admit be, you could get egg on your face and yeah. so that really taught me that and that took me forward so so that that never it's always in my mind the other thing that resonates in my mind is when i went to sarasota memorial and, and the, the ceo was a physician And he said to me, he goes, oh, so I hear about you. He goes, you're a big numbers person and you got this information and you know a lot about data. He says, I just want to warn you, you're going to get a little pushback from the doctors. He says, but don't take it personally because we're taught, we're always, as clinicians, we're taught to find what's wrong, not what is right. So if you show us something and we don't like the answer, we're going to tell you it's wrong. And I said, I understand completely, but it again, it was another tool in my belt to make sure, number one, that I always check my data before I go have a conversation with someone to know that if there is something that sticks out to me, it's obviously going to stick out to him or her, so make sure you know why it's sticking out, and that became part of my whole mantra. I do that with my staff. I always tell them, you need to give it a litmus test. Does it look logical to you? Before you tell the customer to take a look at this, and there's five holes in the data, Why don't you come to me and say why is this hole here? I had a staff member tell me when I was working in IT at Baptist. She said they called me over to their desk. It was two of them together, and they said, "Nora, we've done everything that you would go down. We've done the what would Nora do, and we still can't find why this isn't matching." And I found it right away because again, I had that eye. I knew what I was looking for. And they're like, "We knew you'd find it, but we did every step you did." But I was really proud of the fact that they understood to go methodically through it and not just say it's done. I was really excited that they had, because when they first came, they were just like, here, it's done. So you know, they had learned. So I was really excited about that. What were
0: some of the challenges on the technical side or the IT side of things? Cause that's gotta be a total
1: shift from. (laughs) It was just understanding how IT works. You know, like, again, perfect example is I was working on something and I called the IT department. I said, I'm doing this in Excel. Can you help me? And they're like, no. What do you mean? Why can't you help me? We don't know the software. We just and I, you know, it's like understanding even the roles within technology within IT. Who does what and who's capable? You know, it's almost like I never thought of IT as being segmented. Almost like healthcare is. You have cardiologists. You have generalists. You have well in IT they've got the same thing. You've got the hardware guy. You got the software guy. You got the analytical guy. So understanding all those parts and pieces of how they come together and understanding the whole picture of how to join things together right i mean that was a big learning curve for me when that, you know they'd say about what well, what's the key is i don't know what the key is what are you talking about so i had to learn all that lingo of what is the key we're using to tie back to this key and this table so i did a lot of my own self learning i got a lot i bought a lot of books uh, sequel books pearl books just to i never you know i'm a jack of all trades master of none you know, so I like. I'm the kind of person that likes to know enough about what I'm I'm working with, so that if I I can ask intelligent questions, and not also be snowballed because I don't know what I'm talking about, and someone could, you know, tell me a lie and I can believe it. So I always like to try to be at least a little bit knowledgeable. I used to think I had to know everything about everything, but you don't. You have to understand. The biggest key is uh, knowing enough to know who to hire that has the best abilities that you don't have. And that is one thing I did learn in my career from the CNO that hired me was she saw something in me that I didn't even know I had, but she knew she didn't have that talent and she wanted me for that. So that's kind of the thing that I learned through my process as I continue to go through my career. Well, where do you see yourself going from here? Retirement. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah that's fair I mean it sounds like you've had a very full career so are you and are you have you been able to sort of transfer your your knowledge set to your team and teach all of the amazing lessons that you've learned throughout your career to those that are going to be you know following behind you
1: i do i do feel like i've really imparted a lot of knowledge on the the, consul- the consultants that work with me and even the developers i am tapped for a lot of one of the reasons i was hired also was to help them move the product forward so our latest product the, the measure factory comes out of some of the things that we worked on together and saying how what's best for display and how to put all together and what's the meaningful things the whole entire organization did it, but I was instrumental in a lot of that, helping them to see the big picture of a healthcare world. So I do feel like I've imparted a lot of that knowledge on. So at least they understand one of the things that I would like to pride our company on, and which is one of the reasons why our class scores are so high is because our healthcare consultants are very, very knowledgeable in healthcare. Oftentimes I take it back when we were, and I was at WakeMed and we were looking at you know, a couple of vendors and, you know, the all IT vendors and they're coming in and they were going to do the business analytics and the sales guys didn't have a clue of what they really they were just trying to sell. We could do this, this and then, But when you ask them a question, they're like, mm, I don't know, you know, and and our yeah. consultants absolutely can respond to that. And I take that I laugh about when I was at Sarasota, and I was one of the and, the, and we were there coming in. They were coming into the dog and pony show with us. And I'm sitting in the room and, and they're telling us all these things. That are gonna, I'm going, well, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? And they answered all those questions and we bought the product. And then the guy, the consultant who was in the room on the dog and pony show, he comes in and um, I'm in that. There was a person whose office he left and I'm in his office. So Matt's thinking that, you know, oh, he's going to be working with Jim and he sees me because oh my God, I have to work with her. She had so many questions, but uh, it worked. But that was great because that's exactly what happened was we worked together. and, And I, I kind of like I said, it was because Matt is phenomenal, but he was still learning healthcare, but he's extremely smart. So he, I told him, I'm like, you're the, artist i tell you what to paint and you make this beautiful and it worked we were like within 2 weeks we had more information available to the organization than they had in 10 years wow. i truly i truly feel that it was instrumental in turning them from red to green on our bottom line because of the various things we could do and it was in within a, within easily a 2 to 4 week period that we did that it was that's incredible, incredible. <laughs> it became the mantra of the ceo that if you're not using diver you're not doing your job really so, yeah yeah because at first it was pushback. I was like, "Oh, Nora," and she was like, "Nope, this is what we're doing," and it made a big difference. And they're still using us today. I'm
0: sure you were be- like the most ideal customer too, because as somebody who, with the insight of how it's actually used, coming in and saying, "You know what? I think you guys could do better," and you could, you know, you could do better, and you could be really supporting your customers better. Absolutely. I mean,
1: That's incredible. What an incredible journey you've been on. It it has been very incredible. It's again, I look back and I go, wow, how did I get here? You know, and I've had opportunities, like I said, to go to other countries and speak. I've had, I've had couple of awards cuz my organization is backing me and i just and i've met so many incredible people along the way at different hospitals that i've i've made friendships with you know so i yeah. really have had a great great uh, journey well
0: nora thank you so much for taking the time today if people want to connect with you or actually understand more about diver where would they where
1: would you send them well they could go to dimensionalinsight.com Uh, Demins.com is our website. And that's going to have all, there'll be a lot of different videos for them to see what we do and how we do it. And then they could always contact me at nlissy at demins.com. Awesome. And I'd be more than happy. Wonderful. I'll include that information in our show notes. Appreciate
0: your time. And thank you for being a guest. Thank you. Have a great day. (laughs) You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. I am truly grateful for you and I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast or maybe leave us a rating or review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All those things help us podcasters out so much. I'm the show's host, Joy Rios, and I'll see you next time.